Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast. This week, I'm Jay Greg Nanny here joining me this week. And I'm Ian Saunders. And it has been quite a week. Quite, quite a last week. Quite a week. And, um, you know, we, we came into October. October is, is one of those months of the market that many out there and, and have, have dubbed the jinx month. And there's lots of good reasons for that. There's, there's certain market events and the, the crash of 87 in October, the crash of October of, of uh, 29 happened during the month of October. You saw a 500 plus point down day in, in 97. And so there's, there was a lot, there's a lot of events, negative events that have happened in the month of October historically. And here we are, we come in uh, after, after making through the month of September that is historically the worst month of the market and in, now into October and we see volatility spike over the course of the past week. And when, when you look at it at the end of the day, it was really last week, it was during the day on Thursday that the market or the Dow fell 800 plus points. Uh, that persisted into Friday. We've seen some, some upside volatility here over the course of this week. And at the end of the day, when we step back and we look at it, the S&P 500 peaked to trough from its September peak to a, a recent low that came last week was about 7.5% down. And that, on the surface in and of itself, isn't terrible. I mean, on average, the market tends to correct about 10% once a year. We, we, have, we saw a 10% correction back in, uh, in January or pullback back in January of this year. And when we step back and, and look at the market on the surface, it hasn't, it, it's, not, it's not that bad or abnormal. However, it didn't feel that way. It, 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 it came very quickly. The, the pullback came very quick. And a lot of individual stocks were certainly hit harder than just the, the big broad indexes out there. And so, you know, it's interesting when we look at it, the market today and, and kind of try and glean a little bit of perspective in terms of what we, what we want to see. Uh, a couple themes that we're, we're looking at is a lot of our short-term indicators continue to, to be in what we would call oversold or washed out levels. Um, you know, one, one indicator that we certainly look at a lot about is the New York Stock Exchange bullish percent, New York Stock Exchange bullish percent BPNYSE. That chart reversed down uh, in, in a column of O's back at 52% earlier this month. And that uh, on the 5th, very specifically, and that chart has continued to move lower down to 40%. And that has suggested, you know, for, for that time period that uh, defensive team is on the field, focus on wealth preservation modes, whatever that might mean for you. And that might mean just making sure uh, in, in the portfolio, we've got our, our positions, stop loss points in. It might just mean uh, we're going to look to hedge or, or, or any other ways to do it. But that is that is one indicator that, that certainly we look at from a more shorter towards intermediate term perspective. And that at 40% now is the lowest it's been in two and a half years. And that's the other theme uh, I think that you'll see across the board when we look at a lot of indicators is a lot of these indicators have moved into oversold levels that we really haven't seen in about two and a half years. The bullish percent certainly being one of them. Another one that we look uh, at quite a bit, the New York Stock Exchange high-low index. And the high-low index, that indicator just simply looks at the, the number of stocks making new highs relative to the stocks making new lows. And, and uh, in short, you know, a the more stocks making new highs is, is generally positive for the market, and the more stocks making the, the, the fewer stocks making new highs uh, is when you begin to see that number dry up, and then you add that to a number of stocks making new lows, and that's when you get numbers and readings that we're looking at today that it's at eight percent, and 
historically 10% and below has been really washed out levels. As a matter of fact, um, going back to 1995, there's only been about seven times where the high-low index has gotten below 7%. Wow. So it's, it's a market environment. The last time we were there is January of 2016, so about two and a half years ago that that, that indicator is down below 10%. And so when to get down there is typically uncomfortable to, when you get down into those levels. But historically, once we've been in these oversold levels that, that don't happen often, we look out at the market three, six, nine, 12 months out, and historically, on average, returns have been pretty good. As a matter of fact, you know, when you look at, at that indicator and look at the, the periods in time in which we have fallen below 10%, if you go back and you look even just six months out on average, the, the market is up. The S&P 500 is up about 6% six months after falling below 10%. That just happened this week. If you go out 12 months, the, the S&P is up about 11.5%. And that even includes uh, a, a 2000 into 2007 and 2008 time period in, wow. involved in there. And so, you know, when you look at that, again, it's, we're, not, we're not suggesting or saying that the market's going to be up 20% over the next year, but historically, this type of environment with that indicator uh, specifically, uh, when you look out, is, has tended to, to be a very oversold condition, a very washed out uh, market environment, and one that when, when we look forward has historically uh, provided some decent gains in the market. So, you know, something to keep in mind and, and, and hopefully adds a little bit of perspective in terms of the market. The other thing that, that I'll say that we're watching pretty closely um, from a trend perspective is uh, just individual trends on stocks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, about 52% of stocks on the New York Stock Exchange are still in positive trends. A number above 50% is, is positive for that. And 65% of S&P 500 stocks are still in positive trends. Historically, numbers above 50% there have, have been positive. We'll see. Um, if, if those numbers begin to dip below 50%, I, that, that would be um, troubling, I would say, and that would certainly be suggestive of, of taking a bit more defensive posture, but, but we're looking to, look, looking to see how that shakes out from here. Um, so those are our more participation, absolute type of indicators. All of this said, you know, it's, it's out, we're operating in an environment where U.S. equities continues to be number one in Dolly. And, and that, you know, has continues to be the case despite last week, although we did see some, some action underneath the surface of, of Dolly asset class rankings. Yes, there was. There was some, if you take a look within the, within the individual um, rankings within domestic equities, um, you'll see technology is still solidly in that number one spot by about 28 buy signals right now. Um, but a name that we've seen kind of coming up, um, coming up, you know, not not quite back from the dead, but pretty close <laughs> to would be um, the healthcare sector is now solidly in that that number two spot. It was tied with industrials um, for the for the second place ranking there, and it's in the action the past couple of days um, is now the sole um, sole owner of that number two spot in the sector rankings with 180 buy signals. So, and that's and that's a factor of we were seeing a lot of growth originally coming up with technology. Um, with a lot of the or with healthcare, with a lot of the biotech um, that were in there, and then those kind of participated um, very much so in the pullback that we saw last week. But some of those those stronger names underneath the hood that have been seen as more defensive areas in the past, like thinking your providers and areas such as that, have held up relatively well throughout the pullback, and we didn't see them participate as much. So that's led to the kind of continued strength of that healthcare sector there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, technology um, certainly 
is still the number one area has 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 given up a couple buy signals. Um, certainly participated uh, more so on the downside here over the uh, recent pullback, but certainly still solid, solidly in the number one position. And you know that kind of leads us a little bit into looking at um, the other asset classes out there. You know what in, in light of the volatility that we've seen this year, where where do we see other asset classes ranking, and and what's moving from an asset class perspective? We're still we're we're still seeing domestic equities up there, and then um, but international is still in the number the, in the second second rank spot, and within the inter- it can be very there diff- has been very difficult recently mm-hmm. to find actionable areas within the international equities space with um, a lot of international especially emerging markets getting hit pretty hard here recently, yeah. but one place where we've seen um, where we've seen a nice um, a nice little spike has been in the um, has been in Brazil. Um, they had a recent election, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, um, that seemed to kind of spur their market a little bit, and a lot of their, um, a lot of the kind of the funds in there. For instance, if it, one of the funds we're looking at is EWZ, the iShares Brazil ETF, um, and that really seemed it formed a triple bottom back in back at the um, really the last bottom was in September. Down at uh, down clo- close to the thirty levels, and then has kind of rebounded off of that, broke through that longer term negative trend line, and uh, is looking like it's in a solid position to to continue higher from here. Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, you've seen international equities actually picking up a number of buy signals here over this month. As a matter of fact, has picked up more buy signals than any other asset class, thanks in large part to Brazil, and it hasn't come at the expense of any one particular asset class. It's, you know, taken a couple from U.S. equities, taken a couple from fixed income and cash. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been um, interesting to see the improvement that we've seen from, from Brazil and, and um, certainly has turned into longer-term positive relative strength readings. The other thing that, that, you know, before we wrap up that has developed this month that has certainly uh, been at the forefront of, of the volatility is interest rates, and interest rates continue to move higher, have continued to move higher this month. Uh, you look at the a 10-year yield index, TNX, as an example, hitting a high of 33.2% uh, earlier this month. Uh, but but certainly, the, the trends of interest rates remain positive. The uh, you, you look at those charts and, and TNX, TYX, you know, whether it's intermediate, short-term, yield indices, all of these indices uh, continue to be in positive trends, continue to suggest higher rates. Certainly, uh, at the forefront, a lot of volatility, but also is certainly something that is is causing volatility in the fixed income space. And and you know, long dated U.S. Treasuries or even intermediate in any U.S. Treasuries have been uh, volatile of late to the downside as a result of those uh, rising interest rates. And so, you know, within the fixed income markets, we've seen uh, the traditionally non-correlated areas of the bond market are, are where we see the strength across the board um, when you look at, at um, areas like high yields, uh, even even to some extent corporates and, and muni bonds, uh, certainly areas that we'd be looking to today as a way to reduce the exposure to the U.S. Treasury market as, as interest rates uh, remain in positive trends, continue to look like they, they, they will uh, be on the rise, at least uh, for the time being. So um, 
lots of lots of areas, lots of volatility, not just in U.S. equities, but really, you know, across the board. Uh, some of that volatility to the upside, like Brazil, uh, Latin America, inside of U.S. equities. Um, some of that volatility uh, being to the downside. And uh, so, you know, certainly something that we're continuing to watch. We will obviously uh, be sure to keep you up to date. For those of you listening to the podcast on a regular basis, be sure to keep you up to date through these podcasts. Uh, also, if you do not have access to our research website, uh, we uh, will keep you up to date through our daily equity report that gets published every single day, um, talking um, about some of the stuff that we talked about here, and then also a, a lot of other ideas, uh, looking for individual stock ideas, um, things to, if you're looking to buy this oversold market, things to buy in those type of environments, or if things are breaking down, which, which things that we would be um, selling in, the, in, that, uh, in that respect as well. So um, with that, we will wrap up the, the podcast for this week. And as always, we appreciate you joining us, appreciate you tuning in and listening, and look forward to be back on with you next week. Mm-hmm.